Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Empire Life Podcast. I am your host, Allison Ramsey, and we talk to female founders from all around the world about how they got to point A to point Z and really diving deeper with them into their journey. Not surface level questions here. We, we dive very deep into their journey. So you have actionable steps to apply and strategies and structure for your business that you can start right away. And we are Empire Life. We guide and mentor female founders in their business and their life with strategy and structure. And today we have guest Cassandra Bodzak. I hope I said that right. And she is the spiritual mentor and author of Manifesting Through Meditation. And I'll hand it over to her to introduce herself a little bit more. Thank you so much, Allison. It's a pleasure being here. Um, And I love everything that you do. And I feel like what we do is very complimentary um, because Empire Life is all of this like strategy and structure. And I am much more of that, the spiritual component and how that in, you know, a lot of the, I have this thing that I, when I work with women or in my programs, I call it practical magic. And like the practical, I would say, is the strategy and the structure that's so important to your journey. And then the magical is this other component of us being in energetic alignment, of us being in our worth, of us being connected to the truth of who we are, our mindset, um, and really being magnets for our journey. So I'm ecstatic to be here and uh, with your audience. Amen. You know, diving deeper into all of those, I do feel like there's a lot of synergy. Completely agree with you on that because I've seen with one-on-one clients that if they don't have one or the other, (laughs) then they're content to be a, a lack of that specific area to prevent them from excelling faster. with only the strategy and structure, then they might be grinding too hard and not know when to stop and and all of a sudden have burnout, lose their voice and lose capability to really continue to embody that magic that they have. Or they may run into blocks where they're not able to raise their prices, for example, or because what I've learned also working or supporting one-on-one clients too, is that It's not just like, hey, raise your prices. This is the strategy to raise your prices. It really is an embodiment and a frequency that must shift in order to feel confident in your voice, not be cracking or say, oh, well, you know, this kind of is my price, but I'm willing to go down on it because of X, Y, Z. So instead of this is my price and I understand if it's maybe not the best fit for you, I know the value that I bring. And if you know someone that it might be a good fit for, if maybe this is not the right time for you, I really like you to consider it or to be there with me and seeing it as an energetic exchange. And I would love for you to go more into that topic too. That is the first thing that came to mind when you said, I match your that. frequency. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so tr- that I mean, that's a great example that you um, that you bring up there, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs that are just starting out, they can, you know, maybe like they watch a video or they listen to a podcast or whatever, and they get kind of the practical step, right? They're like, okay, you're not making enough money. You're not charging enough money. You need to raise your prices, right? Which, and then what happens is if you don't have, if you're not 
in energetic alignment with that higher price, if you haven't done the work to make sure you feel like you're worthy, your services are worthy, you feel confident in, you know, your skill set or whatever you're doing, then what will either happen is one, you'll just box yourself out right there and say, well, I can't do that. This must not be for me. I must not be able to do this because I can't do that. Right. Or you do it, but you don't have the energy behind it. So it's crickets. And you're like, oh, so I raised my prices and now no one is buying anything from me. And, and you're like, oh, well, I, I, I told you that I couldn't raise my price or I told you no one would pay that. We reinforce all of those negative beliefs, right? When in reality, what's happening is that, yeah, you can change the dollar sign and the numbers on your website. <laughs> but if, like you said, if we're not actually embodying the fact that, hey, I'm at a certain level, like me and you, I think, We've been doing this for a while, right? So there's also some natural, I think, energetic upgrades and frequency upgrades that come in time and experience, right? We've worked with women all over the world. We've seen what we're capable of mentoring women through. And so when you ask our prices, we're like, that's the price. And if you can't, you know, afford that, okay, well, maybe I have this, you know, buy the book or buy like a, a more affordable online course. Like there are other options, mm -hmm. but you're not going to get my time for any less than that. Right. And that doesn't come from a place of, I need to be like super cool and have <laughs> some sort of price. It just comes from a place of being really secure in your value. So the energetics of that conversation is looking at, okay, what, what right now, like kind of taking the temperature temperature check right now, what is the price that feels in alignment to my current frequency and vibration and subconscious beliefs? And let's just say that that price is like $100 just for the sake of using a number, right? And you're like, okay. And then, you know, they're working with a mentor or a coach and we're like, listen, if you want to continue seeing one-on-one -on -one clients, we're going to have to raise that price to make it sustainable for your business or whatnot, right? So they're like $200. And so now the work is doing is checking in with yourself and saying, okay, if I'm going to charge $200, what is, do I have any beliefs that are coming up around that, right? Or do I have any beliefs that say no one's going to pay me $200 or I don't have enough expertise for that or whatever. Any of those like little critters in our minds that come up, it's like really looking at that. And that's, you know, why I'm such a big proponent um, in my manifesting formula in the book, my book that just came out, Manifesting Through Meditation. You can really use this for like anything. So you could use this for this exact example, right? you want to raise your prices. So step one would be remembering who you are, which is remembering that you're infinite, that you are abundance itself, that you are creation energy, that you're divine, whatever words you want to use for that, that you're love or source or universe. And then two, getting clear on what you want. So what you want in this case would be to make $200 an hour or whatever it is, right? So whatever that desire is in that moment. And then step three is looking at all of those things that are blocking you from it and clearing them and clearing them on the subconscious level and really going back and reprocessing the evidence that we've built 
right? And choosing a new truth in that moment. And then step four would be embodying it. So then thinking, okay, after we've done some of that clearing and what the clearing disclaimer is something that we're constantly doing. So don't like freak out if it feels like you still have more to clear. It's okay. You know, you can keep clearing and then still move into embodiment while you're clearing. And then embodiment is saying, okay, well, how does a coach that charges the $200 an hour show up? Right. And that's not a question for like me or you to answer necessarily. Right. Because whatever the number is and like whether it's 200 or a thousand or a million or whatever it is, we all have, when we check in with ourselves, a different answer for that, right? So maybe to someone that difference is, okay, well, if I'm charging $200, I'm doing this little warm-up thing before my call and I am putting on makeup or I'm wearing a certain, like it could be silly things, right? It, do, it doesn't matter what it is and we're all going to have our unique things, but we all have a very clear idea of what that is, right? For someone, it might be the obvious, right? Someone that charges more gets to just show up in yoga pants because they're that cool, Right. And it doesn't matter. There's like no right and wrong, but it's like, what is that physical embodiment of that next level for us? And can we do it now? Can we do it now and not wait for that external, you know, situation to change for us to embody it? Mm. This is extremely powerful. All of those, everything you just shared to, to take us through that. It was reminding me also with a client recently in a one-on-one strategy session, I asked her the question, well, to rephrase, I feel every, what the stages that you're talking about in your book and the manifesting through meditation, and I love also your nail polish is the same color as your book. <laughs> you're watching this on video, it's beautiful. And I do want to ask you another you question. Celebrate the launch this week. That's <laughs> so amazing. I do want to ask you after this about the color choice because I absolutely love the color. I'm sure that was very uh, well there that came to you and it has a lot of meaning. But I was realizing as you were talking that also this can be applied, but it's with working with women, supporting women, I'm sure you found this too, is everything is intertangled or mingled all together. Our lives and our business and our hormones, our cycles, all of it is interwoven. And I feel like it's not as common with self-identifying men that they have an easier time maybe compartmentalizing different facets of their life. And I might be generalizing a little bit here, but it's, it's a pattern that I've seen with my clients that if their romantic relationship is feeling unhealthy, then it's reflecting in their business. It's something going on the way they're doing their romantic relationships, it's the way they're doing their business or vice versa. And my client was asking me, I just don't understand why he, her partner, why he can't just up level or do X, Y, Z. And I asked her the question, we were talking about raising prices a little bit before that in the conversation. And I said, okay, a woman who charges X amount of dollars for her service and she shows up for clients like we were talking about earlier in the call, how would she show up 
in this romantic relationship? What would she tolerate from him? What would she say? This new version of you that we're, that we've been just embodied and we're just talking about because it's not separate. It's very much related. And she was like, oh, she wouldn't tolerate that. Or she would tolerate this. She would say this. She knew, like you said, she already knew the answer or the divine truth of, well, how about now? What, what would that look like to have this maybe seemingly uncomfortable conversation with him now? Or yeah. what can you tolerate right now, like this week and talk to him about? And what can maybe your timeline be to start to not to sound rude, but like, do you have a timeline? Because if you're saying this is a new version of myself and this is what I will not tolerate, when, when are you going to realize or, or say, okay, I'm not tolerating this and I'm giving this about a week to clearly communicate that to him? I feel like I've been having a similar conversation with you every time I really want things to work out. And if I don't see an improvement in this, I'm not sure how I can feel this is in alignment with my highest potential or my highest self to stay in this situation. Like, can we come to some kind of solution together? Um, I would love to hear your opinion on that too. I'm sure you see that <laughs> with your clients. I love that. And that is so much excellent advice. And, you know, it is true. And it's actually um, biologically true that men's brains typically um, are better at compartmentalization, um, whereas female brains are more periphery brains. So that means like, if, um, let's say, in most cases, obviously, I mean, there's exceptions to every rule because I'm sure it has other like biological things um, connected to it. But whereas like a male and a female can be in the same room and both be like, let's say on an important work call and there could be like, um, you know, like some like socks on the floor, like dirty socks on the floor or something like that. The main, like, the man after that call, if you asked him, was there anything on the floor? He'd probably be like, no. Right. But the woman would have been aware of the socks the entire time. Right. And anyway, it's just an interesting thing to know how our brains work. Right. So we can rig ourselves accordingly. Um, but also it's true that like in general, I think for everyone, but especially for women, but for all of us, how you do one area of your life is how you do every area of your life. Right. And so if you're leveling up in one area, the other areas are going to get painful if you're not leveling up in them as well. Right. Because now you're outgrowing them and you're shifting. And so mm-hmm. for, you know, what happens is that sometimes for women, I think we can try to we can like put on a certain hat in certain places and then like we go into our romantic relationships or we deal with our family or our friends and we don't have healthy boundaries there. Right. But I guarantee you, oftentimes if you have messy boundaries there, you also probably have messy boundaries in your work. Right. And so it is looking at that and exactly what you said is perfect. You know, 
the best way to, to begin that. And for anyone listening, um, is even just, just taking that experiment of what if I embody that 2.0 version of myself throughout the whole day, right? And just being a curious observer of how does it shift, you know? How does that shift? And I think it's a great um, lens. One of the meditations I actually have um, in the book is about connecting with the 2.0 version of yourself and talking to her, right? And, And getting advice from her and like tuning into that energy so that you have that moment to be like, hmm, where also it's it's really shifting from a space of abundance to lack, right? Because oftentimes our 2.0 version of ourselves is in abundance, right? And uh, the what we're leveling up for is the areas where we have a little lack, right? So if we think about it, you know, and I think especially when you're making any decision, if you want to give like a tester of like, am I making it from fear? Am I making it from a place of abundance? You can ask yourself, okay, well, if I already had everything I, w- I wanted, if I already knew everything I wanted was coming to me, what would I do, right? If I was in a space of knowing that, you know, my business is rocking and rolling, how would that energy shift maybe how, you know, one of the things I noticed about myself is that when I embody my 2.0 version of myself, that I actually, a lot less things bother me. Like some of the little stuff just like kind of rolls off my shoulder because it's like, okay, whatever you do that, you know, to my fiance, I'm going to, you know, do this. And it's like not as like much of a thing when I'm in my 2.0 self, right? So it can go both ways, right? Some problems might get bigger and other problems might just disappear because you're like, oh, wow. Like when I'm fully in that energy, you know, whether or not whatever someone puts away a dish or, you know, it doesn't really matter actually, you know? And so I think that's a great, it's a great experiment, even with your friends, right? Um, To bring that 2.0 energy in and be like, if I was really embodying all the things that I want to manifest, what kind of friendships would I have? What kind of conversations would I have with my friends? Right? Um, And the, the somewhat painful thing, I think that does happen, I think especially in friendships, but it obviously can happen in romantic relationships too. But in friendships, we do often shed Um, we shed relationships that are no longer in alignment when we start leveling up. And there can be like a gap moment (laughs) where you've lost some friends and you haven't found that new tribe yet, but the new tribe is always coming. And then as soon as you meet that that tribe, then you meet a group of people that's actually on your level. And then like, now you're really like cooking with fire, right? Because And I think so much of that process is trusting it, right? If your job is to just do that embodiment, your job is to continue to show up, then you're also going to find you're going to get different clients, right? So you might have certain clients that used to resonate with you don't resonate with you anymore because they're not your higher paying clients anymore, right? And then new clients are going to start resonating with you. And same thing, old habits or things you used to do might not resonate. But the beautiful thing about a lot of this is that it happens pretty organically. If you focus on your embodiment and staying in alignment with that truth and, and doing that and just showing up in that way, then you won't really be able to, what will happen with that client, right? Will be, she'll either have to choose between having a conversation with her partner to enforce her boundaries or her values or whatever it is that's going on there, or 
giving up her 2.0 self. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, then it, then it becomes like, okay, well, if I'm staying in my 2.0 self, then, then I'm going to, then I have to do this. Otherwise the choice is that I, I give up my 2.0 self. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And I mean, we, we also got the book and we're going through it. Very excited. (laughs) Congratulations. It's so incredible. I know it was through publishing a bestseller myself. It's like we were talking about, it feels like, and not to discredit moms. I've also had a baby. It feels like going through the whole birth process and yeah, this getting it out there or birthing. I really describe it like having another baby when people ask me about the whole process (laughs) and then being able to release it. Like when your child starts walking or they start going to preschool, it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm not around this child anymore. And I'm releasing this, this book into the wild and are people going to buy it or is it going to make waves? Is it going to inspire? There's a lot of uncertainty that goes through that. And I wanted to, to talk more about your process and how you chose the book cover, the color and the design and everything of more about your process on that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the idea for the book was a really beautiful collaboration with my um, publisher because I had actually come to them a couple months earlier with um, a similar, a somewhat similar um, idea, but we like knew we needed to like narrow it down and kind of like really like get more clear on it. And and we both just decided that we were going to, you know, just kind of let it be and see what arose and whatnot. And, um, I was actually on a meditation retreat (laughs) and it was so funny because that like I'm on the meditation retreat and I'm having all these, I mean, I've been meditating for like over a decade, but I like was I love going on retreats. You get to meditate for like eight hours and I'm just like such a dork like that. And I was really thinking on this retreat, I was like, you know, this is the secret. This is the thing. People are not realizing that the most foundational, important thing to manifesting is meditation. And so many people want to skip it because it's not, they don't think it's fun or they don't think they're good at it or whatever, right? And, but manifestation is actually, I mean, meditation is actually everything when it comes to manifestation. And so I kind of started having this aha, but I'm on the retreat, you know, it's my birthday. I'm like doing my thing and I'm just like, you know, kind of checking it in my brain. And then simultaneously, I get an email from my publisher and she's like, it's manifesting with meditation, right? Because my, when I had written the original like proposal, there was like, every step had a meditation for what I was talking about. And then we realized that, you know, the thing that I really felt was missing um, in the marketplace, because I think there's, you know, there's so much in the self-help world now, and there's such an oversaturation of certain topics that I was like, no one's really written a book that's just about meditating for manifesting and the connection and how important it is. And given all these meditations that people can just use to manifest their lives. And so that's kind of how the book came to be. Um, And the story of the cover is really funny because 
Um, I actually, this was not the cover I wanted. <laughs> um, I had a different idea for the cover, but my publisher had this like whole team of people that were also involved in creative design and were really, really like pushing this. Um, and they had done all their research as far as like what they think like pops off shelves and like in the, the, you know, category and all of that stuff. And this was one of my more, I think, mature moments in my business journey where I think you probably can relate to this, um, where like when I was younger, I was like too kind of like in my own head to, to see this. But I had this moment where at first I was really, really frustrated, obviously. I was like, I have a certain aesthetic. Everything I like is like beige and gold and white. And like, this is not my aesthetic. And like, you know, I had my diva moment. And then I sat with it and I was like, you know what, Cass? you're not an, like, this is not your area of expertise, right? I have a, I have a, like a, you know, visual aesthetic thing that I like to do in my branding, but also here's a team of people that study book covers and all of this for a living. Like this is the stuff that they dork out on, right? Let someone that knows more than you do it, right? And so I surrendered it and trusted that you know, that they knew better than I did, which I think is an important uh, moment in a lot of people's uh, journey. And I trusted that the book was so divinely held and so guided um, that it was perfect. And it was so funny because once I did that, um, when I do my meditations, there's this moment when, um, and it's in the book too, in some of the meditation, there's this moment where I, you know, you disappear from the external world and you turn into your essence, right? And so you can almost like, it kind of sounds like trippy to explain it, but I explain how you do it where you just kind of focus on your breath and you focus on your heart and you focus on your essence and you allow like your, your, your room to melt away, your body to melt away. You allow everything to melt away. So you're just like a puddle. You're just like nothingness in space and in infinite space. And what I, what I realized was for me when I melt away that like kind of like what happened that melting is always this color. Oh. <laughs> and so it was really wild when I had that. I didn't even like put two and two together for like a week or so. And then I remember like one day I was like, oh, wow, it's so interesting. That's always like that teal turquoise kind of color when I, when I, you know, transition into the the infinite abyss right it feels like a very healing and also rejuvenating color protective healing rejuvenating yeah it's a it's definitely it's a protective and healing color it's also um like a color that stimulates creativity which i really like um and yeah and now i like it now i like it a lot but it was really funny it was a funny journey with that um you know, birthing a book is, it's like anything. I think when we're entrepreneurs and we're creating projects, whether it's a book or a course or a program, you know, whatever we're putting out into the world, like we're, we're, I do believe that we co-create it with the universe and the divine. Right. And that kind of like you were talking about with like having a kid where like eventually the kid like goes to preschool, goes to kindergarten, high school, right. College, you know, it's like a book also has its own life, you know, 
So it's like, we're the, I really believe that, you know, uh, when the book launched, I wrote a little thing on Instagram and I said, thank you for choosing me to be the vessel, right? Like I, the, this book chose me to be the vessel to come through and I am doing it the best I can. Right. And I, I, you know, put it out into the world and then to a certain degree, the book will have its own legs and the book has its own destiny and its own journey. Um, and just like a parent, the best you can do is set it up for success and give it all of the, the things it needs. And, um, yeah, so, so it's a really, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful journey and I'm excited for it to be out in the world and I'm excited to see, you know, what it unlocks and, and what it does and who ends up picking it up. And, and it's just so, I mean, that's the coolest part. I'm sure you've experienced this too. I think the coolest part, I've already gotten some emails I think my, one of my favorite parts about being an author is when you just get like the random emails from people being like, oh my God, your book unlocked this or your book changed this for me. Um, I have chills, happy chills when you say that, because I, I do get probably like two to five a day on your, I, and then further like, oh, I want to talk with you. Do you ever have strategy sessions or can, can I set up a time to share with you what I thought about the book? How can I? have your support or can you connect me with this other author? So it's a collaborative book, our, our first one. And I really want to talk with her and then making more connections or they get connected or I hear about this kind of trickling out effect or continuing, continuing to have the frequency that it's, it's spreading beyond what I can imagine that it will spread. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's such a beautiful part about books. Um, You know, books even more so I feel than some like online things. Um, You know, you never know, like they just pollinate, right? And like one of my favorite things to do, which um, I haven't done yet for this book, but I absolutely will. One of my, and I love this book. So I also, I did one of the choices I did consciously make is it's a paperback and it's small enough for you to fit into most pocketbooks. <laughs> so Perfect. that was my goal. Cause I was like, this is the kind of book I want you to be able to throw in your carry on, mm-hmm. you know, or your beach bag. I want it to be something that you can carry. Um, and, you know, and have on your person as a, as it's a total woman thing too, <laughs> um, where it's like, if I have a book like that, that I can just be like, oh, I'm just going to bring this with me on vacation so I can pick a meditation every day or I'll do a meditation while I'm on the plane. Right. Um, but also I love carrying a couple of copies in my own bag as I go and just like dropping it in like magical places and like, you know, being like, oh, someone's going to like pick this up and like, it's going to be a little like gift from the universe for for them. I thought about doing that actually, when I was meditating this morning, when I came out of my meditation, I saw, I have a little stack of books in my living room that I like to, to do like what you're talking about. Or if I'm, if I'm going to get a massage, you're like, Hey, can you give this to the owner? And I've written notes in there. Do you write something in in them sometimes? So like, what kind of things do you write? I like to write like, um, I usually just channel whatever comes through, but little like magical messages is like, you know, this is, if you've been waiting for a sign, this is it, like go for it. You're meant to live, 
you know, your dreams or, you know, like just like little like Oracle notes, you know, and, and it's so cool when someone picks up the book and then they'll like, they either like Instagram it or they'll email me and be like, you never guessed the day that I had. And then I came and I see this book and then there's this note in it. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it's just like, it's so cool. And I think that's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love that stuff. I love it too. I'm going to start being more mindful and intentional about it myself as well. That's very inspiring to me. Well, you know, and so they always say that like when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? That's a course in miracles. And I, and part of that, I feel like is when like the student is ready, the book appears, (laughs) right? Yes. So it's oftentimes, uh, and this happens, I think even people that like know about the book, right? It's like, they'll know about the book, but it just won't be the time for them. So they don't buy it or whatever. They kind of just skim past it and they're like, I don't have time, whatever. And then it'll just hit them in the right moment. And then that moment, it's like, I need that book, you know? And so I feel like you can facilitate those moments sometimes. And I also like, I'm a huge independent bookstore, like super mom and pop coffee shop kind of person. Mm -hmm. Like I love going to those like smaller businesses or like same here. shops and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Austin is like that. And I just love being in Austin for that yes. reason I'm too. I have to come visit Austin. I mean, I did come to visit Austin. A bunch of my friends moved there, but I need to come back. And yeah, and there's a lot of Californians. With <laughs> my book. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we can go together and drop our yeah. books in magical places. <laughs> There's, I love there's it. Yeah. So many Californians moving here. I feel like even in the pandemic, especially. Oh my gosh. Literally all my friends moved. <laughs> all my friends are in Austin now. There's like nobody left in LA. It's crazy. But I I went, I went to visit because one of my girlfriends who moved had a baby. And so I went to I wanted to see the baby and you know hang out with her. And um I get it, man. Austin's really cool. <laughs> Besides it being nice hot, place. like brutally hot a few months of the year, but I feel like everywhere is getting hot. So yep. <laughs> climate change. <laughs> is Was your friend named Amber? I know Amber. Amber's okay. not the one that had a baby, but Amber is a friend of mine. She had a baby, I think. No, not Amber. Amber Valdez doesn't have a baby. Oh, no. Okay. A maybe different it's a different one. Uh, oh, I remember now. Sears, I think is our oh, last name. Oh no, 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 no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that wasn't who I visited. But yes, she did have a baby. No, there's another. I have another Amber friend that also is in LA. My friend Cora actually was the one that had a baby, and now I have oh, my okay. other friend Melissa is moving there next week. Oh Just my like, gosh! You know, Austin just stop taking all my friends, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it makes the real estate go up. So it's like. Why? Why are we coming here? It's crazy. But you know, that just, I mean, speaking of, you know, to entrepreneurs and stuff like that, I think that really goes to show you, you know, especially this past year when so many people went remote and people were making different choices where, where they wanted to live because of different political Mm -hmm. things or whatnot. Um, what all of my friends were able to move because all my friends have their own businesses and they all run them virtually. Right. So it literally did not matter where they lived, which I think was a really, you know, cool 
it's a really cool freedom that I think, um, you know, we shouldn't take for granted how, how nice that is. It is incredible. And for myself, some pivots that I made in the last few years was only working with or supporting female founders and women that we were talking about, and also really stepping more into the mentorship role that all my clients had referred to me as their mentor or coach. And I was like, wait, I'm not a coach. I'm, a, I, that's, I'm not sure how I feel about that word. <laughs> and then I'm like fully stepping into it. Like, I, oh, I've already been doing this and I love it. And what, what would it feel like to only do this? And as I started having more clients that I was only mentoring, and I mean, as opposed to done for you of like doing a lot behind the scenes or background back end work with the tech and digital marketing pieces like Facebook ads or sales funnels. Yeah. It felt incredible to be fully in the, the mentorship role and be able to guide their team or help them with delegating or like the structure and strategy of doing an online event or an in-person event their Facebook groups, their sales funnels, what do they say? What's the kind of sequence that they need to think about? And and more in the mentor and guidance role or advisor role, it is incredible. And that definitely was brought on by me asking myself that question. Like, where have I seen the most success with my clients? And how does that feel to continue to do X, Y, Z or to do the other one? Well, I love what you said, because I think that's an important distinction to make is not just where have I seen the most success with my clients, but also like, where am I happiest? Where am I finding the most joy? Like what part of what I do is lighting me up? Because I think there's such, um, there's kind of like a backwards marketing mentality sometimes Mm -hmm. that has people seeking like, well, what do people want from me? Instead of like, what naturally makes me happy and lights me up? And do I want to spend time doing? And you, I'm sure are brilliant at all of those done for you things, right? And there's no shortage of people that want done for you marketing funnels and Facebook ads and stuff like that, right? But it's also asking yourself like, how do I want to spend my time? What lights me up? What conversations do I love having, right? And mm-hmm. because the thing that lights you up and the thing that you genuinely enjoy, you will be more successful at because you'll yes. want to do it, right? Because you'll yes. want to show up and like you can't you can't hide that, right? You can't hide that natural alignment and excitement to do something. And we bring more value or something for me, like we were talking about how do we increase our value and meet that frequency. I'm bringing more value and therefore I can receive more value back from my clients when I feel more valued or it's just like the full circle. Absolutely. And I definitely feel more valued when I'm in the mentorship role. I feel like I'm able to give more value and receive more value back. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's everything. And I think that's, you know, such an important discernment, whether it's in business or it's in life, we're constantly going to be pivoting, right? Like before we started this, we were both 
laughing about how it's been like, I don't know, five years or however long since we <laughs> last chatted and both of our businesses look so different than they did when we first chatted. And, um, you know, my both like we've both like simplified and we've redirected and we've shifted. And I think whether it's in business or it's in life, it's like we can't be afraid of those pivots because, you know, it's this kind of old masculine kind of patriarchal BS, I think that we, we just like do one thing and we just keep doing the one thing forever, you know, or it's like there's that one way. And especially for females, right, we're not built that way. And we're, we're going to ebb and we're going to flow and we're souls here having an experience and we might want to taste all different things. You know, you might play around with, let's just say this was pre pandemic <laughs> and you wanted to play around with, do I like in-person clients or do I like virtual clients? Right. And then it's like, great. Like, you know, test drive them both. Like be like, oh, how does it feel if I like, oh, sorry, I set up a cute space and I invite people in and I make them some tea and we have a little chat like that versus, oh, do I like the comfortability of them being in their home, me being my home, us not having to commute somewhere, me not having to, you know, whatever it is. It's like, there are so many little things like that, right? It's not like bad or good or one's better than the other. It's just about what lights you up the most, right? And what, and not being afraid to pivot. You know, I remember I was seeing a lot of in-person clients when I started pivoting to like all virtual, even before this, you know, and I found that I just liked the virtual ones because it was like, it was, I don't know, just more, it was neater for my schedule. I just liked how it ran better. Um, and then every once in a while, I'd still have a, an in-person one because they're fine. But, you know, just like little things like that to shift and to be like, oh, actually, you know, I used to do more one-on-one -on -one coaching and now I really love doing group programs or I wanted to talk about that. And now I feel really called to doing that. We have to give ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to be multi-faceted, multi-dimensional beings that we are. Yes, especially as women or female identifying people listening to this. I, I, yeah, I, in, to allow ourselves, I was listening to an audio book the other day and it was saying that really successful people allow themselves the time, that space to meditate or think through and like being having grace and patience with ourselves in those moments that we don't have to know everything we may learn as we go we may be designing this online course as we go or the mastermind and it's more important to get it out there and be doing your passion and kind of testing understanding gathering more information and like you said, that gives us more value and more confidence as we go along if we never actually put it out there or listening to the manifestations. And I know we're, we're coming up on our time and I really wanted to also dive into what you say to someone, which I've heard clients say to me before, like, I'm just not good at meditating or I suck at sitting still. If I sit still, I'm going to feel anxious or I'm going to have all those ruminating thoughts start to come back. And, and then how do I, and then that's like another problem. And our culture also doesn't facilitate people sitting down or just the quiet, having no stimulation 
and something I work a lot with my daughter about. Like sometimes it's it's okay to have no input. It's actually needed, especially before you sleep or she's been meditating for a long time since she was like two, but I was very thankful that in her school, they taught meditation in her specific school. They had like circle and amazing. Yeah, this is amazing. I recommend that for all parents, but it's reinforced with the people that are in their life. It's, it's a game changer for kids with their emotional regulation. And even that she would be able to then hold space for me be like mom mommy you seem like you're a little frazzled let's meditate oh my god <laughs> yes I love it oh, how how would you answer that question if I'm just not good at this or all these thoughts start coming up when I do have quiet time how do I handle that yeah so first the thing I would say is that yeah meditation can be pretty confronting sometimes when we take, because we live in a world that is sometimes just like, we're just so busy and we're going, going, going. And and on top of being busy, we have all this input. So if we have that minute, like, oh, you're waiting for the dentist for 10 minutes, you're scrolling on Instagram, you're on Pinterest, you're answering emails, right? We don't allow ourselves, like before we had cell phones, there were plenty of moments built into the day where you would just sit right? Like if you were waiting for, again, you're waiting at the dentist or whatnot, and you didn't have a cell phone, what would you do? You would just sit, maybe you'd read a magazine, but like you wouldn't have that extra stimuli. Now it's like you were so used to having so much. And if you think about that, just think about how many times, like it's crazy if you go out to lunch with someone or even on your zoom meeting right and let's say we're on a zoom meeting and one of us was like oh i just have to run and grab a glass of water literally usually within five seconds one person will grab their cell phone and start scrolling because they don't want to just sit there right it's nuts so we need to train our brains to be okay with silence and no input and why that is is because that's where we receive the creative downloads that's where we have the space to listen And when we're experiencing those times where we meditate or we sit down and all these thoughts and all these fears and all this anxiety and all the things, the laundry list and the to-dos and all the things are coming up, what I tell people is that all of that stuff was already playing in the background. It was already there Mm -hmm. subconsciously. And so what you're allowing it to do is you're allowing it to effervesce into your consciousness so you can release it, Mm. but you're not hearing anything that wasn't already there. Right. And so oftentimes the fears or the anxieties or the limitations that we have to, we sit and then we're confronted with in our meditation are actually the ones that were insidiously sabotaging us in our subconscious anyway. Yes. And weighing us down. Exactly. Heavy, heavy too. Imagine carrying all that around. Exactly. Well, that's it. That's why, you know, they have done studies that say meditating for 20 minutes is actually more rejuvenating than taking a 20 minute nap. Hmm. And, and part of that is because you're allowing yourself to just fully clear that, clear that subconscious and let it get out. And I often say, you know, stick with it. If you meditate for 20 minutes in the morning every day and you know, for the first however many days, all you're thinking about is your to-do list, all you're thinking about is whatever, 
you're, you're getting it off. You're detoxing. Think about it like that, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like a facial. If you get a really good facial and you had a lot of stuff underneath, you're going to have a bunch of pimples, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause it, now we just brought all this stuff that was like hidden in your face to the surface so we could come out. So then eventually in like three weeks, you're going to have beautiful skin and you're not going to have any of the crap underneath. Meditation is very similar. So it's like in the beginning, what's going to happen is it may seem like, oh, I didn't have any of these problems or these thoughts or whatever, which is a lie. They were just hidden underneath. And then you're meditating. It's coming up to the surface. So you're noticing, wow, I am really stressed about that. Wow, I am really worried about that. Wow, I'm really beating myself up about that presentation or whatever it is, right? And you're being forced to bring that into your conscious awareness. So all already just from that, what we've done is we've unplugged it from that subconscious. So it's no longer an unconscious program that's just running, right? Which Mm -hmm is what keeps you in that lower frequency, is what keeps you in that, you know, I don't want to even say lower frequency. It what It's what keeps you where you're at right now mm. instead of where you want to be. And so meditation give you, gives you that moment to kind of excavate some of that stuff, look at it and know. And they've done, also they've done medical studies on this, on people that meditate for the same amount of time. One person has like, you know, uh, just focusing on their breath, very peaceful, nothing experience, you know, more typical, let's say meditative experience that you would imagine. Another person just like effervesces kind of all of these thoughts, has all of these like to-do list things, like all of that kind of stuff going on. Both people receive the same exact health benefit. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. So e- even though we think we're judging that experience as inferior, it's not in any way. And I often say different, different days, you need different medicine, right? So every day you show up, you'll get exactly what you need. And some days you just need those 20 minutes to go over the party grocery list, (laughs) you know, and that's kind of what comes up and then you don't realize it, but you've been going over it. And what happens is you've actually released a lot of the anxiety around it by the time you're getting up and leaving. That's so true. And I, I agree with, I probably started becoming more serious, but I definitely became more serious about meditating about three years ago. And it felt really difficult at the beginning. And I would suggest anybody who's listened to this to, like you're saying, to stick with it. And I used to think, I just can't sit still. I'm not a person that can stop and sit still. I have to keep going. I have something else I need to do. And being a solo mom for a long time too, it's like, oh, my daughter needs me to do this. And, and finally, or I tell people, I realize I have to slow down in order to speed up. That's just, that, that helps me with yeah. <laughs> making time for it. Well, also, so in the book, what I do, first of all, there's 10 meditations you can do in like five minutes that are like kind of beginner just get your bearings meditations that I highly recommend people start with. And then all the other meditations like really walk you through like five or six different steps, which I find is really helpful for people because what you're, you're, you are kind of giving your mind a mission, right? Even though it's like a meditative mission, it's like giving your mind either the mantra or like, okay, now I'm going to do this, or I'm just going to focus on my heart 
or like you kind of give it those things, what it does is it helps you release some of those extra thoughts. Like the thoughts come up and you're like, oh, wait, no, I'm doing this. I'm focusing on my heart. Oh, wait, I'm mm -hmm. thinking about that. Oh, no, I'm focusing on my heart. Right. So it helps us with that. But I also want to make sure I point out what you said. We have to slow down to speed up because I know a bunch of uh, entrepreneurs are listening and we're all about ROI. And the return on your investment for meditating as a business owner is ginormous because what I always say um, is that there's two different ways you can do it, right? You can do it. <laughs> and in my language, you can do it the muggle way or you can do it a magical way. And the muggle way, or let's say the harder way is let's say, let's say you're pitching something, right? You could email just a bunch of random people, right? <clears throat> just cold email, all these random people, look them up, whatever. Or you could meditate get into alignment on that idea, and then feel, feel way more guided towards which of those people you really need to email, right? Mm. And I find in my business, yes. my meditation helps me get so clear on what are the most impactful actions I can take. So I end up taking less actions in less time that are more impactful than I would have if I didn't do it because then I would have been taking all of this action that was less concentrated, less, you know, divinely directed um, and less effective. So I do think meditation is a huge, huge hack uh, for businesses. And there is, I mean, there's a bunch of different, I feel like you would love these. So there's a whole section on manifesting a purposeful career and making an impact um, with all different meditations, like connecting to your purpose, manifesting a level up, calling in your soul aligned, owning your impact, birthing a new project. Like we just talked about getting from nervous to service, getting the courage to follow what lights you up, connecting to those you're here to let light. You're here to help um, turning on magnetism alignment, and then there's also meditations around money. Um, there's a whole chapter of 10 different meditations around abundance too, um, which are both subjects that, you know, I think having a meditation practice that is your go-to for your business is huge. And I often, I often call it my divine board meetings. <laughs> like I'm going to a divine board it. meeting to see, uh, <laughs> to see what, what I need to do next. <laughs> And it has not failed me since. I think the most um, impactful moves I've made in my business um, have all come from that. And I'm always, even though I've been doing it for so many years, I'm always so delightfully surprised <laughs> um, when I get that guidance. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, wow, that was so fast and so easy. <laughs> and it just reminds you, like, we get into that mindset, like, we have to be hustling so hard, but it's like, no, we just have to be in alignment. You know, we just have to create this space to listen and then take that action, you know? Yes. I, I feel I, that's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom in that. And even personally this morning, we're releasing three new programs coming up. Well, one in November, one in January and like you were saying in my meditation, I was like, what is the, 
what do I want the person to be like that are in each one of these programs? How do I want them to feel in it? And then I went on Facebook and I, at, I saw like a few people come up on my feed and I was like, it's that person. And then I reserved, I, I put that to the side. I like copy pasted their name to a spreadsheet, which is like the, the structure of thinking, okay, I'm going to start making a spreadsheet for my team. And how is that going to feel for them to that person feel like, oh my gosh, they thought about me. Even if it's not that epic fit for them, like in that moment, it might be in a year and they are, they may know somebody. There's a divine reason why they came up for me right after that meditation. And like, oh yeah, it's that, that person. And that's a very oh. different feeling than I'm going to reach out to I'm going to tell everybody about this. <laughs> oh, like absolutely. Said. Right. And then people feel that mm-hmm. people feel that on their end as well, whether it's like a person like that, or it's like, you know, I, for the book, there's this store in, in Orange County called Jenny Kane that I love. It's like this clothing store and they have like, I don't know, it's just really cool woman owned uh, California based um, clothing store. And I specifically like, like, you know, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to do like a meditation event here? Cause I just love it so much. You know, I just feel yeah. so connected to it. And so I, you know, I emailed that woman specifically and it was like the easiest event we set up. Right. Cause she was like, oh my God. Yeah. This is so great. Whatever. Um, but it, it's such a different energy than me being like, let me just look up all the places that might host a book event, (laughs) you know, and just emailing all of them. It's like actually allowing yourself to be guided and have that hit and like, you know, lean into it. Um, And yeah, and it's just, it is amazing. And you're right. It's like, I love what you said. It's like, maybe it'll be perfect for them or maybe, you know, they'll know someone. It's like, sometimes we don't know. We don't always know exactly what it's for right? Exactly. You get that hit and you email them and they're like, oh, you know what? Like, this is like, not like my moment for me then, but then like a month later, they, they end up being one of your VIP clients. Right. Or like you said, they're like, oh my God, my sister-in-law has to do this. This is perfect for her. Right. And they end up like, you know, doing that for you. And so it's, you know, just trusting in those moments and being like, okay, I can trust and it'll be what I think it might be or even better than I think it might be, you know? Trusting, it's always going to be better, right? Bigger than than what we can even imagine it to be. Absolutely. This is, this is bigger than me. And yes, I keep reminding myself that every day. It's so important. Like, it's so mm-hmm. important because we think, again, that's the same that's the same thing, like thinking from our limited mind or thinking from our like divine expansive mind, right? Is we can only see what we can see. So right now, maybe all you can see is, could this person be a mastermind client or a client or good for a program, right? And then maybe you don't even realize that actually that person is going to host this massive event in Austin and ask you to speak at it. Mm -hmm. And like, you had no even idea. And it was even like way better. And you speak at the event and you get like 30 people from it. You know, it's like, we don't even know what we don't know. There's like the the open conspiring for us. Mm -hmm. And to allow that space to be open to it, I think. I asked myself another question um, with wrapping up, like, am I pushing here? 
Mm. Am I pushing forward or am I coming back a little bit and able to take it all in and kind of allow the space, the allowing? It doesn't come naturally to me. It's been a growth edge. (laughs) Or having a balance between knowing when to push, knowing when to move forward, like you said, with those actions. But it feels really different when we're allowing, when we're having a balance between allowing and then, oh, I'm going to do this aligned action. And then now I'm going to allow again, because I always know that it's going to work out. I know it's always working in my favor. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that's such a great awareness. Um, you know, I lo- it's like, am I forcing? Am I forcing something? Am I pushing something? Am I in my limited? Am I feeling like I have to make something happen, right? Instead of allowing something to happen. Um, and, and for me, I would also think like, am I allowing myself to be magnetic, right? Mm-hmm. Am I just like opening up my magnetism and allowing people to flow to me? So it doesn't mean that you don't write the sales page or you don't post about it or whatnot, but it's really all in the energy of it right? So it's like, okay, yeah, of course, there's going to be maybe some like, you know, strategical, practical things you have to do, right? Like, you might need to, I mean, yes. And also, I want to say all this with a caveat, right? Because I don't know about for you, but like, for me, like, clients will usually just show up randomly, right? I don't really do any put, I don't do any out marketing for one on one clients. Um, those usually just like will randomly drip in as they're aligned and, and that'll kind of come through as it does. Now, if I'm launching like a specific program, of course, and I want to start at a specific time and I need like to get a group that we all begin at the same time. Now I might communicate that more, of course, because that requires coordination. Um, and so, but even for that, it's like, okay, what are the, what is that strategic stuff, the landmark, so to speak, of what I need to do mm-hmm. to get the information out there. And then where is the, you know, it's kind of like the masculine is the structure and the feminine is the flow. So it's like, do I have enough structure out there that then I can just release and flow? Right? Like, that's how I feel about the book right now. The book is in flow mode right now. The structure that we had to create was, you know, there's a book bonus page that has like a free masterclass. It has a bunch of guided meditations. Um, it has an extended version of part one. We, I had, we had to create that right for the mm-hmm. book. I had to let people know that they, I sent out some emails so people knew the book was on sale and they could buy it. Right. So there, there are certain things we do and then we learn, okay, and now I can trust and now I can let it flow. And now I can see what people naturally want me on their podcast, what people naturally are going to, you know, get the book and do an Instagram story on it, right? Like, how is it just naturally going to flow? And I can trust that it will flow. And that sometimes the most productive thing I can do is to allow, right? Mm -hmm. Is to give that space. I think, I know we're going a little bit over, but I feel like you're going to love this. And I feel like your audience is going to love this too. One of my favorite practices, and feel free to steal this if you, if you don't already do this, um, when I'm in a launch like that and I need to like actively pull myself out of the action, mm-hmm. I, I book massages every day of the launch. Oh, that's incredible. 
doesn't always have to, you know, like, because what happens, and I'll tell you, all of the applications or all of the 80% of sales and applications will come through when I'm getting massage. Mm. No fail. Why? Because I'm literally oh opening God. up a huge it's magnetic true. portal. True. And so it's this running joke. Oh my gosh. I it's love a running it. joke with some <laughs> of my friends that, you know, I, I just make all my money when I get massages. <laughs> And it works out well for me because I do love a good massage. But, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> but in those moments, what I do is I just go and I I go into that massage with the intention that I'm allowing whatever it is that I, is going on to flow to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm there as they're massaging and kneading out any knots or whatever they're doing. They're just literally clearing any blocks that would stop anything from flowing to me. And like, that's and and it, it's such an effective strategy because once again it gets us in that gets us to sit back and lay back and relax and you literally can't be on your phone or your computer or do anything right. while you do it exactly so it forces you for at least an hour a day to surrender that and take baths I also like taking baths oh I do too especially bubble baths with some Epsom salts I I think I had two two or three two hour massages when I was launching the book. There you go. Yes, I I need to think through that too for these next launches. I love it. Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> and how can people connect with you? Yeah, people can connect with me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Cassandra Bodzak, Facebook also Cassandra Bodzak, YouTube Cassandra Bodzak TV. Um, my website is CassandraBodzak.com. I'm sure there'll be a link probably somewhere if they want to check out the book for manifesting through meditation or it's wherever books are sold. So you could just put in the name and my name and you'll find it. Um, and then for anybody that does want access to those book bonuses, it's just CassandraBodzak.com slash manifesting. So you'll get some guided audios of the meditations in the book. So if that's helpful for you to get started, um, and you'll also get a VIP uh, manifesting through meditation masterclass digital workshop. So if you really want to dive into the four steps that we talked about today, um, that workshop is great and is a, a great resource. And it's all free um, when you order the book. Amazing. Perfect. I already know some people that I'm going to email to and I have a, a friend there in LA. I need to introduce you guys. That's an Akashic Records person oh. or expert. Yeah, nice. There's actually, there is an Akashic Records meditation really? in the book. Incredible. Yay. I, I didn't, I, I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's incredible. As always, it was so great to catch up with you too. And yeah, it was so great <laughs> to catch up with you. This was, this was lovely. Thank you, Allison. <laughs>